Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of the Analyze and Educate podcast. Today I will be your host, I'm Brody, and today we're going to talk about Operation Peace Spring again. Now all this will be from the 13th of this month up until today, which is the 19th. So let's get into it. So, like I said, we'll start off with the 13th. We're going to start off with a timeline of events from 13th to the 19th. Then we will move forward with uh, casualty reports and then changes in the order of battle. We'll finish it off. So let's get started. So on the 13th, uh, Turkish forces captured the town of Saluk, located in the Talabiyad district in the early morning. Clashes were ongoing near An Issa, and U.S. troops reportedly evacuated from their base in that area. The Syrian Democratic Forces claimed at least 785 ISIS-linked persons escaped from a prison in An Issa, and they were aided by militants from the Syrian National Army, which is of course, is the Turkish back proxy that's doing the majority of the fighting. And they're also aided by Turkish airstrikes. That's per the SDF claim, at least. If that's true, that could be a big issue. Um, one of the main talking points before this operation began was um, we would probably see the resurgence of ISIS. Now, if we have radicalized ISIS-linked uh, family members, you know, whether it be wives, you know, children, um, things of that sort. This could be a big issue, um, and it could undo a lot of work that we did, that the SDF did, and then on the other hand, that the uh, SAA, the Syrian army, and the Russian forces did, clearing out their territory from ISIS as well. So, also on the 13th, the SDF almost completely recaptured Ras Alan after a successful counterattack against Turkish forces and the SNA. Uh, SDF claimed that uh, four of their members were killed in action, and the Syrian National Army claimed that 17 members were killed in action. Also on the 13th, Turkey captured Tel Abyad and cut the M4 highway in half. That's per the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. I think I talked about this on the last podcast. The M4 highway is a a very long stretch of highway that goes throughout northern Syria. I want to say along... It's almost parallel to the Euphrates. I could be wrong on that, but it's a very long highway, right? It's a a main supply route, um, especially for the Kurds between, I believe, Ras Alan and Kobani. Maybe it was Mambij. I could be wrong on that. But anyway, it's, it's a main supply route for the Kurds, and Turkey has essentially cut it in half, which um, will lead to logistical issues for the SDF going forward. Now, there were reports of Turkish forces and the uh, Syrian National Army actually targeting emergency service crews outside of Tel Abyad. There was reports of an ambulance uh, that was seen driving around the city. Um, 
you know, taking wounded civilians, uh, people of that sort. And it's actually been reported now that it's been missing for the past 24 hours, at, at least at the point, at the time of the report. So, um, yeah, we've been seeing a lot of reports of Turkish forces and their proxies going after civilians. So this uh, isn't good if it's true. Again, this is just a report. I have no way to prove this, um, but, you know, take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Now, the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, said that the U.S. is actually going to plan the removal of the re remaining 1,000 U.S. troops from northern Syria uh, due to Operation Peace Spring. Oh. Also on this day, the Syrian Democratic Forces reportedly reached a deal with the Syrian regime for uh, the SAA to enter Bambij and Kobani, of course, backed by Russian forces and air power. Uh, so that takes us to October 16th, so let's get into it. Villages around the M4 highway in Jazeera province were shelled by Turkish armed forces. Clashes around Anissa continued as the SDF launched a semi-successful counterattack in the area, taking some territory from the TAF, the Turkish Armed Forces. Clashes in Anissa um, actually broke out in an SDF-held camp between ISIS families and civilians. At least two were killed. I don't know if they were from ISIS families or if they were civilians. Um, but this kind of goes back to what I was talking about a little bit. You have these ISIS family members um, that are radicalized. Now, I actually listened to a podcast uh, probably about a month ago from uh, Guy uh, Popular Front. Actually, he's a really good independent journalist, um, conflict journalism. Um, if you guys like that sort of thing, you should definitely check him out on uh, Instagram or Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Really good, but... He did an interview with this lady. I can't remember in what capacity she worked in the camps, but she worked in a camp. Um, and she probably talked for 45 minutes, an hour, about um, the radicalization of the ISIS families and how they need to be separated from the regular civilians in these refugee camps, how the women attack and kill civilians. For instance, um, this woman was saying she had multiple death threats made to her um, by these ISIS brides that they're so-called um, for not wearing hijab, right? So these are, even though they're not ISIS fighters per se, um, they still hold the ideology of ISIS in high regard. Right, so that's something to keep in mind. Also on the 16th, the TAF launched an offensive into Ras Alan. They did make some progress fighting against Kurdish forces. Um, U.S. forces evacuated and bombed an airbase that they held south of Kobani. That was of, uh, I'm sorry, that was in anticipation of uh, Syrian or Russian forces moving into Kobani. Um, I guess U.S. forces had stopped blocking them from entering the city or they took a different route, whatever. But um, there's actually 
uh, videos and, and images and articles online of Russian forces entering U.S. bases that have been abandoned due to this new order for them to withdraw. And it's crazy. There's a Russian special forces guy, you know, wearing a Yankees cap, and he's, you know, got his got his cell phone out taking a video in one of the U.S. camps. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy to think about. I I can't imagine what it would be like being one of the uh, one of the U.S. guys on the ground, you know, leaving, abandoning a base, and then, you know, however many hours later, <laughs> some Russian special forces guys are, you know, getting into your your Yankees caps and all this stuff. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, Russian forces and Syrian forces entered Kobani by nightfall. So, I mean, probably within a, a margin of... Uh, no more than 12 hours they missed U.S. forces, you know. But we'll go into the next day, the 17th. So TAF uh, launched a siege and captured half of Ras Alan. So that, that town, city, I'm not really sure the size of it, but that's a key area for the SDF. That's been going back and forth between the Turks and the Kurds pretty much since the beginning of the ground operation, right? You know, SDF loses some ground, they launch a counterattack, they regain it, it's kind of back and forth, right? Um, also on the 17th, uh, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence visited Turkish President Erdogan in Turkey, and they announced a 120-hour ceasefire deal to allow Kurdish forces to evacuate from the safe zone. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back hopping into the 17th of October. All right, October 17th, the next day. So the TAF launched a siege and captured half of the town of Ras Alan. Uh, if you've been paying attention, that town has pretty much been going back and forth between the Kurds and the Turks since the beginning of the ground operations. So it'll be interesting to see how the situation on the ground plays out. In the coming days. Now, also on the 17th, uh, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence visited Turkey, met with Turkish President Erdogan, and they announced uh, that they had reached a 120-hour ceasefire deal to allow Kurdish forces to evacuate from the proposed safe zone area. Now, Pence also said, uh, U.S. sanctions on Turkey will be lifted upon the cease of the military operation. Um, the safe zone is to be primarily enforced by the TAF. And the SDF accepted the deal between the areas of Ras Alan and Tel Abyad. Now, Turkey claimed the deal extends along the entire border with Syria. So a little bit of a disagreement there. Be interested to see how it plays out because they can't really agree on uh, the amount of territory that they want to give up. Um, we'll take it to the 18th. So the SOHR reported clashes around Ras Alan and the SDF accused uh, the Turks of shelling civilian areas. Now, keep in mind, this is after the implementation of a 120-hour ceasefire deal. So not even, 
I think at this point it hadn't even been 12 hours into the ceasefire deal. You're already seeing reports of artillery fire into civilian areas, clashes around Rasalan. Um, so that's not a not a promising um, beginning for the ceasefire deal. Also, on the 18th, the United Nations launched an investigation into the use of white phosphorus by the Turks on civilian areas. Um, now, those who don't know what white phosphorus is, I, I'm sure I'm not going to explain this great. I'm not an expert on it, but I, I believe it's a, it's a chemical compound, very flammable, right? Typically, it's used... Um, it, it can be used in combat to de devastating effects, but typically um, in modern times it's used for, you know, illumination um, or masking movements with smoke, I, I believe, right? Again, I'm not an expert, but it, it can be used in combat to devastating effects. It's very flammable, and essentially what's, once it catches on fire, it sticks to whatever it lands on and it burns until uh, essentially there's nothing to burn so say you get hit with white phosphorus that's essentially burning through all of your skin until it hits bone so yeah if you get hit by that you're probably not um you're probably not living through it but it takes us to today, the 19th. Not a whole lot of news today. Um, reports of ceasefire violations, not a whole lot of info as to um, specifics, not a whole lot of info as to casualties for today or yesterday for that matter. But with that being said, we'll take it into uh, overall report of casualties. Keep in mind, this list of casualty reports is coming from the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. Um, so each side has reported different amounts of casualties. So just take everything I'm saying right now with a grain of salt. So they report that the SDF has taken at least 235 killed in action since the beginning of the operation. Now, again, clashes were reported between the uh, Turkish Armed Forces and the Syrian Ar Arab Army. Sorry. So the SAA has reportedly taken at least five killed in action since their um, intervention into Mambij and Kobani. The Syrian National Army has taken at least 187 killed in action, and the Turkish Armed Forces has taken at least nine killed in action. Now, the SOHR reports at least 80 civilians have been killed, um, displaced, is sitting at over 300,000 people. And this is this is one figure I'm going to throw in here because I thought it was interesting. So this figure is uh, is an SDF claim. So they're claiming that the Marxist-Leninist Communist Party has taken one killed in action. Now the MLCP is reportedly fighting on the side of the SDF. That's a Turkish, obviously Marxist-Leninist party. Um, supposedly they have an armed faction fighting 
against the Turkish Armed Forces with the Kurds in Syria. So, yeah, I just thought I thought that was an interesting figure. Just figured I'd uh, throw it in there, you know. Something interesting to think about. But we'll finish it out with uh, changes in the order of battle. So, for the Turkish Armed Forces, uh, we have elements of the Turkish 1st Army being added. Under them, the 7th Commando Brigade uh, is being added to the order of battle. Now, one thing to keep in mind with the order of battle, um, just because a unit is on here, that does not mean the entire unit is involved, right? Uh, most likely, these are just elements of a unit you could have uh let me give an example you could have 12 marines from first anglico involved in an operation therefore first anglico technically um becomes added to the order of battle even though the entire company isn't there it's just 12 guys that are probably attached to a different unit you know, so just keep that in mind with the order of battle. It's most likely just small elements within a certain unit that are actually participating. So for the SDF, um, we have the self-defense force of Rehova being added. Um, and with that, a quick correction. So on the last podcast, I said the civilian defense force. Uh, I believed was the only conscripted force fighting for the SDF. That was actually wrong. The self-defense force is actually the conscripted force. The civilian defense force is not. So just figured I'd throw that out there. So obviously we have uh, Syria being added to the order of battle. So we have the Syrian Arab army elements of it. And then we actually have Russian military police units being added to the order battle as well, obviously backing up the SAA. Now, we also have uh, fighting for the SDF, the International Freedom Battalion. Uh, if you don't know what that is, which I assume most of you don't, well, it's actually a uh, an armed group made up of numerous sort of uh, anarchists communist groups from all armed groups from all over the world right so you got guys from france ireland uh the uk portugal turkey i mean literally all over the world just these tiny these tiny um anarchist slash communist armed groups basically banding into one unit and going to fight with the sdf so yeah, this situation is very confusing, um, and it was moving very quickly up until, I guess, two days ago, but like I said, today's the 19th, um, I'll keep you guys updated as to what's going on, so yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast, um, stay tuned for the next one. everyone thanks for listening to this episode of the analyze and educate podcast you can find us on instagram at analyze educate all one word you can find me on my personal at kirko 408 you could find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts including anchor spotify apple Podcasts, breaker so on so forth 
um, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast and help us us out a lot. Share with uh, friends, family, whoever you think might be interested in this sort of thing. And we'll see you around next time. Thanks. Thank you.